have to do this. <laughs> we have to make fake Frogger a reality. <laughs> I will not rest. Hello and welcome to the Pixel Podcast. My name is Matt, and as always, I'm here with Ricardo. Hello! And that's it. Um, yes. That's it. Uh, after uh, Ethan's gross mishandling of the podcast over the last several weeks, we've had to take him out. He was uh, fired. <laughs> and by that I mean he was he was sprayed down with a flamethrower and was immolated in, until until reduced to cinders. Yes, uh, cinders. <laughs> cinders, I, you say? How? What a quick segue! Are we jumping already into this? No, well, but seriously, Ethan's just sick. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, now that, that that's what happens when you host a podcast too many weeks in a row, and then hosted a podcast on. Well, I guess it's, he's co-host of. Of that, other of that other podcast that shall not be named, which I was on again. This, yeah, I was on again. Oh, but man, um, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta weasel my way into that into that podcast so I can be in more podcasts. Just be like, this is a movie that you guys haven't seen. Yeah, but, I, but I've seen it. And I know it. I've done that. You've done that. Yeah, I've done that. Well, know. this is I've, a public I've, calling out. I've suggested several movies of the other half podcast. <laughs> Why haven't you had Matt on yet? I don't know what voice that's supposed to be. That is the macho man, Randy Savage. Yes, it is. Oh, right. yeah. I got you for three minutes. Three minutes of this intro. The problem is they can't see me. That's well, why. I know that's a John Cena C- 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 thing. I know. <laughs> Man, off to a riveting start yeah, right now. Yeah, well, you know, we had a great segue, which we which we reversed, so let's just start again. Okay, so we... Uh, we, uh, we killed Ethan. Yeah. You know where else you die a lot in? <laughs> where? The, the world of Lothric. I forgot what it was called for a second. <laughs> Good one. Which is Dark Souls 3's ominous overworld. Does the... Does the real Dark Souls 3 start now? Yes. Cool. Now. Now. Everything that's happening now in Dark Souls 3 is happening now. <laughs> it's it's if you if you die in Dark Souls 3, you die in Dark Souls 3. Yes. Real time death <laughs> in the game. You have to you grow old. <laughs> yeah, you have a family. And then everyone dies. You get immolated by a flamethrower. Indeed. No, so I've been playing Dark Souls 3. That's what Woo! I've been spending most of my time doing. We've heard all about it. Uh, Dark Souls 3 is great. That's Dark good. Dark Souls 3 is the third in the Dark Souls series. <laughs> no. But a return of the original director. Uh, I wrote the name down. Webster- Hide- Hidetaka... Miyazaki, Miyazaki, right? yeah, yes. I remember. I remember. I only remember that because it's the same as the a- anime director. Well, the yep. last name, uh, same guy, the basically. same, more or less. 
more or less. But yeah, uh, he's been the director of the series since it was Demon Souls. Uh, but he actually was not director of Dark Souls 2. That was shared by, again, I wrote him down, but I'm going to butcher the names. Tomohiro Shibuya yeah. and y- Yui Tanimura. Oh, you got it. Oh, I got it. I don't, I don't know because I can't read them, but I'm going to say But that, that you... sounds right. You got kind it. Kind of. Yeah. That sounds like an like a Anglo-American speaking. Yep. Those names. Speaking Japanese names. Um, I believe because Miyazaki was working on Bloodborne at the time. Right. Um, and most kind of consider 2 sort of the the black sheep of the series, although not really, because it's still a good, regard as a good game, just not the yeah, best Dark Souls I, game. I, yeah, I feel like it has like this kind of mixed opinion, just because it didn't, it didn't meet the expectations that people were... Like, pe- people expected something, and it, and it went in a different direction, right? It's kind of like yes. it was going somewhere. It was aiming for something different, I think. And oddly enough, Dark Souls 3 kind of takes a lot of the, like, I don't want to say easier or, like, streamlined interventions. I, interventions. Interventions. Where the <laughs> where are we? Disneyland? Disneyland. Uh, Jesus, man, I'm tired. Uh, anyway, <laughs> it takes some of the more streamlined innovations of Dark Souls 2, and... It brings them in and integrates them into this one. So, for example, um, in Dark Souls 2, one of the things that I liked a lot about Dark Souls 2 was that immediately from the start of the game, you could warp between bonfires. Bonfires right. added were more like checkpoints because of the fact that instead of just like a place where you could refill your health and then when you die, you go back to it, you could also then travel to any other bonfire that you had currently lit yeah. at the time, which I thought was really cool because part of my problem was in Dark Souls 1 was I got into a really difficult area with really terrible frame rate, Yes, and then it was a pain in the ass to even get out of that place and back to any kind of friendly area of respite. I think that's what some people really liked about the original Dark Souls was that feeling of just complete and utter helplessness. I like that to an extent, but not when the game is playing. Like, like when when the frame rate is stopping. Yeah, not when play. I felt like it was a relatively unfair challenge. Which in that case, I I felt it was. But Dark Souls three, it integrates the same sort of like bonfire system as Dark Souls two. So you're never really stuck in one place. Or let's say you get deep into a level, and you want to return to the sort of hub world that the area. So that's the thing is that. Oh, there's sirens going on Oh my on gosh, outside. they're coming for you. Oh god, but that's the thing is that this one, more people will kind of draw parallels to Demon's Souls, whereas right. Demon's Souls had kind of a central hub area that branched out, like, um, you would actually transport, like, to the different areas of the game, and, uh, and then kind of return back when you wanted to upgrade or shop for weapons or do whatever. Yeah, people like, have been saying this one comes with a lot more direct... Um, like a direct, like uh, what, what, what's the word? Like, like direct callouts to the previous games. I mean, yes, you, you this, notice that. Yeah, this one is it's it's odd because it feels. How do I describe it? The story in this one feels a little less cryptic. You're kind of in in the first Dark Souls. You're uh, a cursed undead. So the cursed undead in the Dark Souls universe are basically these 
humans that bear a dark sign. It's this like flaming circle somewhere on their body, and um, it <laughs> they can't show it. Yeah, they can't. They, yeah. T- five out of five out of ten dark souls, dark signs <laughs> don't want you to know where they are. <laughs> no, but um, lower back. It's always like the. It's actually they show it on the upper back for some reason. Yeah, that makes sense. But, but anyway, um, and bears of this dark sign cannot die. Well, they can die, but they will return to life as an undead. And through each um, like consecutive death they suffer, they lose more of their humanity until they go hollow, so to speak. That's what it's called in the game, and that's when. Someone has died so many times they've lost their mind. They're essentially a zombie. They're right, yeah. And most of the enemies, not most, but like a lot of the early enemies, at least in most yes, of those games, are these kind of hollows yeah. that have gone crazy. So in Dark Souls One, but aren't you like a chosen one? Yeah, in Dark Souls, in some form. Yeah, in Dark Souls One, you are uh, considered to be a chosen undead. Uh, you hear a prophecy from this guy named Oscar who says, "If you're undead, you're chosen. You would make a pilgrim. You have to make a pilgrimage, and uh, you know, ring the bells of awakening and find out the fate of the undead." Um, so in Dark Souls One, you that's kind of your quest is to kind of find out what the the whole why this is happening, why the undead is happening. You never really clearly get an answer, from what I know. Um, in Dark Souls 2, you are... It's a lot about, like, fire and light and darkness yes. and... Yeah, essentially there was... And... Essentially there was, yeah, like a, a, a an age of fire that prospered on, but then it began to fade, so the lords kind of sacrificed themselves to rekindle that fire and prolong the age of, the age of fire, but, like, yeah, basically the world's dying. I it's do, I it's do... a whole long kind of cryptic lore to this series yeah. but i really dig it i, I like it a i lot. like it a lot too i mean that's the one i mean i'm the sort of person where like i enjoy almost everything about the dark souls games except for playing them because i would just get incredibly frustrated but i yeah. really love all the lore the amount of atmosphere the the way that world is kind of revealed mm-hmm. yeah it's not like most rpgs uh-huh. And, uh, of course, like, the monster designs and everything yes, are just... amazing monster designs. So cool and different. Um, but in this one, basically, the world is dying. Surprise, the world is dying <laughs> yes. again. What a surprise. And, and there's, supposed, there's supposed to be a ritual taking place between these Lords of Cinder that is going to rekindle the fire of the world again and prolong this age you know, and stave off whatever oncoming darkness, the right. om- like ominous darkness Which, that's happening. I mean, did you ever like? I know you didn't finish it, but did you ever see the end of Dark Souls One? Yes, I've seen the end of yeah. both Dark Souls One and Two. So I think I think it calls out like that's a specific call out to your character there because you have a yes. choice at the end whether or not to like sacrifice yourself to mm-hmm. just you know relight this fire or mm-hmm. what the or world. become yeah, yeah a, a lord in the dark or whatever. But basically, there's these lords of cinder that are supposed to take part in this ritual to rekindle the flame but they just are like peace out we're not doing that and they go uh like basically they're off doing their own thing and the world's dying so you are actually not technically a chosen undead in this game you are something called an unkindled basically someone i think that was supposed to be sacrificed to the first flame but Instead, you are 
unkindled. So uh, you're always referred to as Ash by like all the other NPCs in here. They call you the Ash and <laughs> One. You gotta catch them all. <laughs> yeah, yes, you gotta catch yeah. all these lords. Yes, they're they're uh, so you're you're an unkindled and. But functionally in the game, it works the same as being undead because you die, you come back at a bonfire. The only difference is that now instead of like a humanity system in this game, you uh, burn embers, which allows you to access all the kind of um, multiplayer facets of the game, which are, which I never actually got too into when I played the other two Dark Souls. But in this one, I'm a little bit more invested in in helping others or getting help from others or whatever. Why so? I don't know why. Um, I just, I feel like it's just cause it's there. It's there. Yeah. So like, I'm, I just, just like feel more comfortable around. with the, uh, the format and the form. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that might be it. Like I'm a little bit more comfortable now that I've played dark souls one, dark souls two bloodborne. Like I'm a little bit more comfortable with that sort of stuff. I'm still not, down with the PvP yes. aspects. Can you get invaded it. anywhere, or is it like I can? Sort of... I yeah. As long as you're embered up, like you can be invaded. That's the can... that's the humanity version of right in this game. Yes. That's the... So like, as long as you're in that form, in that uh, which is actually a really cool effect when you ember up, you're like your character kind of looks like they're sort of burning, but like very. Like uh, subtly, yeah, yeah, like, like smoldering, the, right? Like yeah, like the cor- like the edges of the fringes of your clothes will get like you know, like that red glow, and like little flecks of ash will fly off of you. That's and cool. It's it's really cool. The lighting in this game is gorgeous, and like again, if you're in that form and it's like a windy area or you're up high, like the ash will fly off you like like more aggressively, and it just looks really really cool. That's neat. Um, but uh. As in any Souls game, there are, like, covenants that you can enter into as well as, like, artifacts you can use to invade other character, other people who are playing the game's world. Because you're, you're always playing online with other people. You'll see their, like, shadows in different parts of the level. They'll be, like, traversing the same stuff as you. You can find the, the blood stains and touch them and see how people died in that area. You can leave notes for people along the way, or you can read notes from other people that are playing the game. Right. But, of course, you can also... There are these artifacts called Cracked Red Eye Orbs that you use, and you can invade other people's games. If you kill them there, depending on your covenant, you'll get like certain rewards, as well as you'll get embers and souls for killing people in their game. And on the flip side, you can call in people to help you beat levels or you can put down your summon sign like in front of a boss door and people can summon you to go help them like beat a boss or get through a difficult section of the level so for example what's the um, what's like the um the incentive i guess to doing that like to like helping someone or or her you you'll get um you'll get like embers and souls and you'll also like depending on your covenant will get you'll get um rewards that you can turn in for like bigger like better stuff from your covenant. So for example, I am uh Warrior Sunlight, the uh, Sun Bros, and their whole thing is um is cooperative gameplay with other players. So like right. their their summon sign is really bright 
and they kind of beckons people to to summon them and you get sunlight medals for helping people defeat bosses and stuff like that so that's really cool whereas there's like um whereas the blue sentinels for example are a covenant that will specifically be summoned from people that are getting invaded so they're so they're like a friendly pvp they're a friendly pvp and they're their job is yeah their job is to kill invaders and other people's like world so yeah. it's it's kind of cool and um covenants work a lot easier in this game instead of finding a super cryptic like npc and having to fulfill a certain um a certain like objective you actually just find covenant tokens around and equip them hmm. and then it's like then that's your covenant so that's for cool. example i i was in like the second main area the undead settlement i dropped into a certain house and found just for the, you know just for tea yeah like, and found <laughs> hello everyone they actually were cooking on the stove estes soup and i drank it and it refilled my health yay and and i also picked up the uh warrior sunlight patch and i equipped it and now i'm the warrior sunlight officially so this game um uh, has like a an, an extra meter doesn't it like, like a more like a magic or yes. uh, like you know energy meter that you have to refill separately from your your health and yeah. stamina right as a po- instead of like in the past magic worked on uh just charges so for example you would have a magic spell and it would have five charges and that would be all you could get until you would reach another bonfire to refill your charges um, so you had to manage that stuff really well or also pour a bunch of points into, into like magic or whatever. Right. In this game, there's a focus meter and using magic just takes a part, just takes a bit of that meter depending on what the spell is. But that meter is also used in the new thing in this game, which is, which are called weapon arts. Each weapon has a specific type of move that it can do or a special type of buff that it can do. So, for example, my sunlight, not sunlight, my, my Astora straight sword, mm-hmm. had, uh, its weapon art is going into a different stance, and that stance is used for breaking guards. So, like, it's you can utilize that weapon art. It takes a little bit of focus. And now I'm breaking through shields or, like, hitting shielded enemies a lot easier. That's but, again, cool. it, it takes focus. But then there's also stuff like the hand axe, I think, has, like, a war shout, which boosts, like, your... Like, essentially gives you kind of hyper armor so you can brute force your way through certain attacks easier or something mm-hmm. like that. And there's only a handful of the of the weapon arts that I've run into, but it, it adds, like, another layer onto the combat. I think that's something they kind of took from... Bloodborne, how in Bloodborne each of the weapons had two modes. Now each of the weapons has like a weapon arm. Like a special, yeah, special stance. Yeah. So that's cool. Like everything about this game, it feels like a lot better than previous Dark Souls games. Not to say that they were bad, but just the ease of play is a little bit. Is a. Is. It's. It's what, kinda, what am maybe, I trying to say? It may be easier to get into if you haven't played the yes, other games. Yes, it's a little bit easier to get into. The difficulty is still there, but again, stuff is cryptic, but it's dealt out in a steadier stream now. So you not don't necessarily what's cryptic isn't necessarily finding the thing or like or 
unlocking the thing right it's figuring out what that thing does is the cryptic part now sure yeah i can see that so i don't know if that'll appeal more i i don't know if that'll appeal to past dark souls players everybody seems to it seems to be received pretty well by all audiences but i do know for a fact that this feels like maybe the easiest dark souls experience to get into i would have said two before this but i think this one beats it because like even on on top of that um stuff like your estus flasks Mm -hmm. you get a lot more i feel like to start with and it's easy you find upgrades for it a lot easier and on top of that you'll get a second estus flask which is for your focus meter but you can a lot those estus flasks as much like to the different areas that you want so for example you'll start with four like say four estus uh and one ashen estus flask you can actually just say screw that i don't want the ashen estus flask let me have five estus flasks right and no ashen estus flask or let's say yes yeah, i'm a, a magic yeah or say i'm a magic user i want a lot of ashen estus so i'm gonna get like two estus flasks and like four you know like ashen as this or whatever so it's it's feels like a little bit more it just feels to me more fun to play like it's more Mm. fun to play like there's a little bit more freedom when you're not getting horribly mangled um it it probably helps to like running it on the ps4 where just it just look you know like runs probably a lot smoother than it did on the xbox 360 and there's still some hitches in this though yeah and there's like some weird things like for example you'll be in firelink shrine which is again the hub world but Mm -hmm. there's like an outside area as well but it's like a full outside level area so if you act, but even if you just want to say like go to the roof of the shrine because there's stuff on the roof that there's like NPCs on the roof that you'll you can interact with, um, it puts up a fog gate in front of the exit and it takes a good like thirty seconds to load in the area for you to just go out even if you just want to go outside because Weird. it's loading up the whole level so like that's a little frustrating. Mm. But, Does that happen? Uh, have you seen that happen a lot so far, or just yeah? In... It it happens like every time you're back at the shrine, and if you want to go outside, but just in that area, or have you seen it happen? In just a lot in of that area, because okay. otherwise the like the fog gates are kind of strategically placed, right. so it's like, oh, this is an ominous area that you're going through. <laughs> yeah, and we're totally not loading in stuff now. Like, it's, you're really just going into a crazy area, or this door is opening really slowly because the, the, it's spooky. The, the fog gates made a little less little less sense when after, like, Demon Souls' whole thing was, like, this, this mysterious fog has, mm-hmm. you know, come over yes. the land, and it, the, the other games aren't about that at all, so it's just like, yeah, these I games mean, have that too. <laughs> it's similar to, like, the whole idea in this game, you're supposed to be something different than undead, yet you your life and death cycle behaves exactly like if you were undead. Exactly. It's kind of weird too, but you know, you make, you make gameplay sacrifices for, Oh, totally. And and it's all kind of part of the, part of the, 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 the world and the atmosphere that they've created. This is kind of one of their things, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yep. So this game is awesome. I just want to play more of it. Yeah. And hopefully actually get through a dark souls game now. I think, um, yeah, I mean, I think that, like, this game sounds like it's probably one of the... Like, if if you're gonna... If someone hasn't played any of them before, it sounds like they, they're not gonna lose 
that much. I mean, like there are references no. to the other games, but I don't think it's really that essential to enjoying this one, I don't think, right? No, absolutely not. If you're going to start with one, I'd say start with this one and then maybe move on to two. Right. And only play Bloodborne if you're crazy because that game's tough. They're all tough, but, like, Bloodborne, that difficulty it, is It's just different. Insane. It's a different kind of... You're playing differently in that in that game. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I played a game recently that was very similar in its... Um, in its kind of tone and and, oh. and and surprising difficulty, um, Hyper Light Drifter, oh, okay, um, is a game on Steam. And actually, I should have checked, but I I think it's on like PS4. It might it, be. I'm not. It, sh- it, it might I, be. I'm I not should, actually sure. I will double check that right now as I'm talking about it. But uh, all I will say about it, uh, I haven't played a ton. About an hour or so, hour and a half into it. Um, but I mentioned it last week that I had, that I downloaded it ready to ready to play, and uh, yeah, it's it's really cool. the 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 intro alone is like a, like a must watch. Um, I I feel like um, if you can look that up on YouTube, just like the first five minutes of the game or something like that, totally do it because it's just a really cool, um, really awesome like like just this like. Like it's completely, it's similar to Dark Souls in that it's it's a little bit, a little bit cryptic. In fact, Dark Souls is a little bit more of a of a dump of uh, you know an info dump at the beginning of the yeah. game. The intros in Dark Souls tend to be a bit of an info dump. Yeah, <laughs> consoles coming soon. It says in 2016. It says okay. on, it's out for P, for Steam now. Um, but uh, but 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 similar to Dark Souls, it just has this kind of like this era of like a broken world, uh, this dying kind of world. Mm-hmm. Um, the intro is, is like, there's no dialogue at all. No, no talking, no text. Um, even in, when you get into the game, there are NPCs around, but all of them talk in like these little, they talk in like, um, pictures bubbles that kind of like explain what they're talking about. And then like a picture of like a boss, let's say. And then it like the map will zoom over to an area and say like, Oh, there's a boss over here. Cause you talked to this guy and he tells you that there's an enemy you know, over well, that's kind of cool. So, or like a picture of me being like this person being saved by somebody or something like that. But the this like this intro is just oh, it's so cool, and it looks almost like rotoscoped in terms of it's the animation it it does in the de- mm-hmm. level of detail, and it yeah, it kind of depicts this cool world. And then just in terms of the amount of storytelling that's in the world itself, beyond just what NPCs tell you or in the video cutscene at the beginning, um, you know, you go up to like one area of the game and it's like this ruined city um and all the all the all the characters in the game are um like animals i think i don't know if the main character is or not um okay but all of them are like you know anthropomorphic like animals um so there's this ruined city full of birds that i went through that has all these bird enemies that have like turned into like these crazy cultists and like attacking everybody and then, like, the main town, there's, like, a blacksmith that will upgrade your weapons and someone that will upgrade your armor and upgrade your... So you have, like, a sword. It's it's kind of like if you combined, um, like, the Dark Souls, like, sense of style um, with, with like, the Bastion gameplay. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, that was what I was going to say is 
forgive my ignorance, but what type of game is Hyper yeah, Light Drifter? Yeah, sorry, I was I was I was just so caught up in describing it that I had no idea no, I how it have, plays. I should I should know, but I'm I actually don't don't actually know anything about this no, no, game that's... other than some artwork for yeah, it. Yeah, not everyone has seen it. So yeah, it it is it is kind of like I would say it plays similar to Bastion. You have like this kind of dash ability, which is similar to like a like a roll or a dodge, and it's all very action based combat. It's actually really tough. There's no like invincibility frames when you get hit. Um, and enemies can interrupt your um, animation uh, cycles, kind of similar, again, to Dark Souls. Oh. Um, so you can get chain ganked, like, real easily if you're just not, um, you know, alert or with so, it. Like, so, again, like Dark Souls. Yeah. The game recommends that you play it with a controller. I don't have one with me right now, so I'm just using a mouse and keyboard, and it's definitely, I could definitely, as soon as I get back to a PC, I'm going to be playing it, this with a controller. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm surviving with the, the mouse keyboard, but it's just cool, like, to see, like, the environmental storytelling, like, you have a, a sword, um, which is your main attack, you have this dash ability, and then you have a gun, um, which you can use for, but you only have a certain number of shots with it, basically, uh, mm-hmm. you can kill enemies to get, sh- to get shots back, but not every enemy will drop, um, ammo for it, so, um, you can, once you, like, you find like these hidden items in the environment, like off, hidden off to side areas and things like that. Um, and when you collect four of them, they kind of form a like a gold piece. I would, for lack of a better term, they, they form an upgrade token. Mm-hmm. And like it costs several upgrade tokens to to get an upgrade at back at the you know the kind of main town area. Um, so you have to kind of go on you know and search for these to find um, to find stuff. You're like the like I don't want I guess. I'm, I guess I can't spoil too much because I don't really know what's going on, but your main character appears to be, like, dying or, like, like very badly sick. Okay. Because at random parts throughout the game, um, luckily not in any combat or anywhere where it would cause you to have problems, but if you try to, like, move or, or dash, he'll just start coughing up blood. Um, Jeez. And, that, and it's actually a really brutal game in terms of, like, it's, like, it's, it's violence. Like, there's a section of, uh, like, I talked about this, like, this ruined town with all these, like, crazy bird cultist but if you go to a different there's like there's basically four directions from the the main town is in the center and there's like north mm-hmm. south east and west and if you, uh, you go north you hit the bird town area if you go um if you go out towards the east you'll get to this like f- like this frog area where all these like frogmen are and um they've like murdered all these cats like that maybe used to live there or like were that living there with them or something like that mm-hmm. and there's all these like cat heads cat heads on spikes and Jeez. it's like, yeah, it's like, it's all in this, like, pixel art style, um, so it's not like it's super, like, gory, because you uh-huh. can't really see that much, but it's it's certainly, it's certainly the sort of thing where it's like, it's like on the, it's in the background, so you wouldn't even, like, if, if you're paying attention to it, it's just like this really cool window dressing, which kind of just adds this kind of color to this world, this whole kind of ruined world, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, yeah, I think your character is, is called, like, a, a drifter. Because there are other characters, because there are other characters that you run into who seem to be kind of like they're called drifters because I think they're like they're like adventurers basically. They go around looking for, they go around like looking through all these ruins for all this old abandoned technology kind of thing and trying to find the secrets of the, the whatever. But um, you run into other characters or other friendly NPCs that are similar of a similar stature. It's, at one point, I, I saw another guy like fighting off other enemies, um, and I like jumped in and helped him fight off some dudes um and each area has their own distinct enemy types that are kind of like that really fit well they're not just like thrown randomly you know throughout the levels they're kind Mm -hmm. of like placed in areas that kind of make sense for them to be in 
Um, so it's pretty cool. I'm I'm really enjoying the the vibe it's it's throwing off. So yeah, that's that sounds cool, and it's actually interesting, like how you mentioned how how like brutal the game is in terms of its art style because. I think when a game does that kind of art style and juxtaposes it well with, like, actual violence, it's way more effective than, like, than, like, a Gears of War game, for example, where you're chainsawing dudes yeah. in half and it's bl- blood spraying. Like, you almost get desensitized to that, but when you have this really gorgeous art style and then it has something, like, really ugly in the world like mm-hmm. that... I think it sticks out like And there's all these more. like yeah, and there's all these like dead robots like around like these like these like these like kind of giant looking things that have all this like moss on them that aren't like moving or doing anything and I you always like see one of them and like feel like they're going to start attacking you or something like that, but they uh so far none of them have, but just wait. Yep, yep. That's what I'm waiting for. But yeah, it's it's a really cool game. It's just it's just really interesting. So, yeah. I'm excited to see more and kind of figure out uh, what is, you know, what is, what is. is, what is, what even is. Yeah, I'll have to keep an eye out for when it gets released on consoles because it seems up my alley. Yeah, and another game that I think would be up your alley would be Enter the Gungeon. Um, I I mean, uh, hearing Brandon talk about it made me really want to check yeah, it out. Yeah, it looks solid. Um, is th- is that out on consoles yet? I am. I think it. I think it got a simultaneous release. Yeah, that with... one is PS4. I think. Um, that one's always that one. I again, very little of that. I'll just quickly say because he talked about it more than I really have anything to say. But just saying that it's it's a lot like Binding of Isaac and um, Rogue Legacy and those kind of like rogue light kind of games, like more mm-hmm. so than I originally. Um, thought going in. I thought it was m- m- more action-focused, but it is totally like, run this dungeon, hope you get the good weapons, um, you die, okay, start over, run again, you know, like, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has, it seems to have a lot of surprising, speaking of lore, it seems to have a lot of surprising lore in it it's for a game that's so kind of stupid and goofy and knows it is, but it still seems to take itself... Uh, not seriously, but, but like it seems to just like go with that, and go. it has an internal logic that it follows. It, it just goes with that to the extreme. Like all the enemies have names and like backgrounds for why they're like why these talking bullets with faces are like fighting you, and the guns all have their own like histories and things like that. Like this is the legendary gun that did this and this, and it's even though it's it's all really goofy stuff, it's still pretty funny. It seems like. That's always nice. Did you fight that big buff bird boss? I did. That... I did fight the big buff bird boss, and then I died. Oh, I, I got killed by the b- big buff bird boss. So have uh, so again, like this is only it's it's local multiplayer and co-op. I believe so. Yes, and I and it runs like pretty garbage on my laptop. So I mm-hmm. I had to turn the resolution down super low, and then I could barely see anything. So <laughs> I the hyperlight drifter ran a lot better. So I'm going to be playing a little bit more of that while I'm away. But both these games will play better on a gamepad. So once I have one of those, again, I just for some reason, I, and this is this this is probably just a weird mental block I have. I just see that uh, Enter the Gungeon experience being like more fun with two people, and I just don't know if I would enjoy it that much with just a single player. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, maybe. Uh, I mean, I feel like. Um, I I feel like I I could see it totally being fun both ways. Like I, um, I like um I I I like 
I like being able to play it by myself because I played most of Rogue Legacy and Binding of Isaac by myself as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I could definitely see myself playing some co-op, obviously. When I think it's a lot easier with yeah. co-op, too, because it, it, it doesn't scale. It's, it's probably just a case of me, again, needing to see more of the game for myself yeah. to actually make a decision. But yeah, no, that seems cool. Both those games seem awesome. Like, Yeah, they're cool games. You've been playing a cool game, I've heard. A little bit, A maybe. little bit, okay. Uh, just a little bit. The secret's uh, out. E- Ethan uh, let me borrow his copy of Bayonetta 2, which also comes with Bayonetta 1. So I've been playing a, a little bit, very little bit, like two hours of Bayonetta 1. And man... Gotta play them in order. I don't know... I don't know why I didn't, like... I must have forgotten what Bayonetta was, like, when I popped it in. <laughs> that must have been really funny. I was pretty baffled at the initial, like, intro. Um, well, no, the intro is actually kind of cool. Cause it's like an interactive kind of, like, teacher the controls sort of thing. Yeah, they're pretty crazy, um, right? Yeah. But then, like, the first scene with... Um, the first scene that you actually play, like, the level... Is just out of control, and I was just like, for some reason, again, was not mentally prepared for that. I guess maybe because I was playing, you know, Dark Souls three, and it's a very somber, understated kind of like ominous right. world that right. you're in. And then, um, and then you got Bayonetta, who's dressed like a nun, like giving some kind <laughs> like a of sexy nun, yeah, covered sexy in hair, nun giving some kind of burial rites. To somebody, she's got like a very stereotypical Italian sidekick, and he's saying, "Oh yeah, oh, God, the fungals, and oh my God, they gotta get out of here! Like, what's going on?" And then angels attack, and then there's like this big bald black guy who's helping you out, and he's throwing you guns, <laughs> and like there's just this really long cutscene anime with with Bayonetta doing stuff and then I'm I'm playing the game and I'm doing a bunch of crazy stuff. You know what's funny is that uh oh wait, I think Ethan mentioned this in one of the podcasts that I was not on is that he really liked like Bayonetta and he really liked to serve his wrath, but he doesn't like anime. Yeah, but he doesn't like anime. That's I know. Really, that's both like I, the most anime things. Because to me I think he doesn't like the kind of like emotional like navel gazing That's that a lot of anime has. A lot has. of anime has that, yes. He just he just wants the really goofy, stupid action scenes. Then he should and... watch uh, Sengoku Basura. Yeah. That, watch that. That show is crazy and also stupid. I told yeah. him he should watch Fully Cooly. That but... show is also crazy. I think I was the one that said, told him that that show was very anime. It it is. It it's is the most anime. I remember what that was like one of the one of the before I really was in, I mean, I'm not really that into anime, but before I was really like accepting of it, someone tried to get me into it by showing me that. And I was just like, Oh my goodness. Well, I can't even think about what is going on right now. I was like <laughs> a teenage, I was like a teenager. I watched like half of one episode. and was like, Nope, but I probably could handle it now. Yeah. See, I think that was kind of a similar situation for me and that it was like the first thing that I got shown. But at the same time, like I really got into it. Yeah, like, I, I could I could probably go back and enjoy it now. I don't know. I just like like I remember at the time just being so, so overloaded with what yeah. was going on on screen. Just like this is in American cartoons. <laughs> I was I mean I knew what anime was. I had seen anime before, 
But you I mean like Pokemon, Pokemon, Dragon Ball Z. Uh, I had watched Zach Bell at some point because that was on Toonami. Zach Bell? Zach, Zach Bell? I thought it was Zach Bell. It was Zach I think Bell. it's Zach Bell. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, no, Saved by the Bell was Zach. You know, that's, <laughs> that's what I was thinking of. Uh, what was that other one? There was another one about. I don't know. I, I don't watched know. like Pokemon, Monster Rancher. I never watched that. Uh, Digimon. Yeah, a little bit of Digimon. A little bit of Yu Gi Oh! Yu Gi Oh! Yeah, I do Tri- remember watching that. DBZ. Of course, everybody knew that. Uh, Escaflone. Did not see that. I don't know what that is. Uh, Some Sailor Moon. Oh, yeah. That was probably the first anime I ever saw, because that was like, Sailor I was like, Moon. when I was like a really little kid, some, some of my friends was watching that show. I feel like the first anime I probably saw was Speed Racer, and I didn't realize it was an anime. Yeah. That, like, hardly counts anymore. Yeah. But anyway, Bayonetta. That game is crazy, but it's also super duper fun. Um, again, I think the other platinum game I'm really familiar with because I played it all the way through was uh, Metal Gear Rising. But that game had I, that game had some issues with its combat system. Bayonetta's combat system just feels really, really tight, and everything flows together. Yeah, like um, like the dodging is rewarding because the game literally rewards you for expert dodging by slowing down time. Like, um, the combos really like kind of intuitively flow together. So you can just kind of create your own stuff and keep, keep just doing crazy stuff at all times. It's just a really, really fun game that I, again, I want to play more of and I want to force myself to play more of, but I'm just I don't I don't know. It's such a weird juxtaposition from playing Dark Souls three to then also switching over and playing Bayonetta. The funny thing about um the uh, Bayonetta is it's on the Wii U, so it actually yeah. comes with um it comes with right as soon as you start the game when you start the first level it'll give you it gives you the option to change costumes oh yes of course and, and you can do so, all the and so yeah you can play as link bayonetta or uh princess peach bayonetta or princess daisy bayonetta or it's um so Sam- crazy. samus bayonetta and each of the suits actually gives you a different ability so for example uh like link bayonetta gives you kind of the like the parrying blocking system that was in Metal Gear Rising Revengeance which I didn't like very much but Oh really? Oh yeah, cuz that's another platinum joint, right? Yeah, cuz it's where you have to like move towards the attack that's oncoming and hit a button that is also the same as an attack button and the game just has to intuitively realize that oh, you're trying to parry. So that's like That's That was what I disliked about it, but like Samus, obviously, Samus Bayonetta has a big beam cannon that you can shoot out. Sure. I forget what the Daisy there, and the Peach is, one is. There, is there no Donkey Kong Bayonetta? No. I thought it was a bit odd that they have a Princess Peach Bayonetta and then they have a Princess Daisy Bayonetta. You'd think they'd want to get another franchise in there besides just a Wario, two Mario a, two Mario ones. A WarioWare Bayonetta. That would be... That'd be too hot. That would be insanity. That would be just too hot for this game. <laughs> yeah, you know, Bayonetta is a pretty conservative yeah, game. They, Nintendo needs to lighten up. She doesn't, like, totally get her nun suit 
cut off of her, like... Oh, she, very... oh, she gets her nun suit, all right. Uh, she gets nun suit. suit. <laughs> yup, because that's what she's wearing. <laughs> <laughs> hair, hair dragon. Yep. Hair demon dragon she can summon. Yep. Yeah, and when you when you're gonna when you do when, when you're you do, well, like when you do when you do like super crazy finishing moves and like like uh, combo moves to people, it says punish. <laughs> so you're punishing these. <laughs> you're punishing these angels. Oh no. Yep. So that's that's oh, uh. My. That's kind of weird. Also, I have no idea what's going on with the story. I have no idea what's happening. <laughs> just let it just let it wash over you. Just let what it, I'm trying just, to let just, it happen. Just, just let it happen. Yeah, the I guess she's a she's a witch. Yes, from, and angels don't like her. Yeah, angels don't like her and that big bald uh black dude is actually some kind of high-ranking demon in hell and he goes down to hell to like get weapons for you. <laughs> And he sells you weapons. Uh, and he ha- has a bar called the Hell's, uh, the Gates of Hell. Yep, it's a pretty so, good, pretty good uh, bar name. Yeah, and uh, it looks like a pretty cool bar. And you pop in there to buy weapons, and then you leave. Like literally, there will just be a portal open in the middle of a level, and it'll be like, "Go to the Gates of Hell," and you're like, "Sure," and then you pop in. And now you're in the bar. He's like, what'll it be this time, Bayonetta? Yep. I'm pretty sure it's the same guy who does Drebin's voice. Oh, man, that's, that's pretty perfect, then. That's what he sounds like. That's pretty perfect. He's like, all hell's gonna break loose, literally. Cool. Good, local, good localization team on this. Yeah. But yeah, Bayonetta, weird. The antithesis of Dark Souls. This is about... Power fantasy and ridiculousness, not about somberness and making you feel like everybody is going to kick your ass yeah. <laughs> at any given time. And the, the world is going to be destroyed. Well, the world is going to be destroyed in both cases, but in one case it's, like, sad and depressing. In the other case yeah. it's just, the other, like, loud. In the other case it's like, I don't care as long as I get my payment. Mm. <laughs> is that how she sounds? Yes. Okay. The worst, the worst slash best line that I've heard in Bayonetta so far was... She's threatening somebody. Can we do this every week? Can we do the worst, the worst slash best line you've heard in Bayonetta so uh, far? We could try every we week. Could try to try to make that a segment. But in this, <laughs> so I forget who she's threatening because again, the story just goes so far over my head. But she's like, "If you don't get me what I want," and she's like holding her, one of her guns to the guy's head. And she's like, "I will do as what do the Americans say." Bust a cap in your ass. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, that was pretty good. But also, oh. That's hilarious. Because, like, on the subtitles, it pops up and it's like, bust a cap in your, bust a cap in your ass. Yo and ass. I'm like, how is she going to say this? And she's like, bust a cap in your ass. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, God. Who does the voice? This is a game. I don't know who does a game. Uh, who does the voice? Who does the game? Who does the game? Kamiya. Who, who game? Kamiya. Who's like, stop asking me about Bayonetta and Smash. And then Bayonetta <laughs> ends up being in Smash. Smash. So not family friendly. He blocked so many people on Twitter just for asking him about 
if Bayonetta's gonna be on <laughs> yeah, Smash. Yeah, well, he liked to block everybody on Twitter. And then, Wasn't he? Didn't he like regularly answer with your mom? Like, yes. And then he would like go troll Gamergate people and like tell uh-huh. them that they were dumb babies. Yep. So, he was pretty amazing. I, yeah, I no. Kamiya <laughs> is. He's the guy you would think would make Bay- Bayonetta. <laughs> That's pretty good. Um, what uh, they're making? A, Platinum's making another game soon, aren't they? They're making the uh, Ninja Turtles. That's one. right. That could actually be good. It could actually be good. Do, do, they... do you think Ninja Turtles are gonna find angels and 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 have like a big black friend and like do all this I'm other stuff? To that think would just... if... when... Man, aren't there any black people in Ninja Turtles? <laughs> Racism, Man. Racism in Ninja Turtles. This show. Let's let's write a think piece about it. Oh wait, they made Baxter Stockman black. Oh, and the so new, only a bad guy in the new, in the new, yeah, the newer one. Yeah, this 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 one they're making is based off the old cartoons, though, right? Like the really old ones from the eighties. This I don't know. Actually. Or is it based on the newer? It's, is it based on the I new think stuff? It's, I I think it's just based off its own stuff. It's like here's the Ninja Turtles license. It's based on do, the, it's based on the TMNT movie. Do plat do plat like do whatever Platinum would do with the Ninja Turtles. Do that, and, and I think that's essentially what they're except doing. Except not what you did for Korra, though, because that was bad. Yes, but that's the thing is like they were. Well, for one thing, I think they had like not a lot of time to work on that. But second, yeah, of all, that was kind of like a side product too. I think it's like a twenty dollars game. I don't think the Transformers game ended up being received that well either. Really? Because I I heard it was amazing from oh did you from both websites and from. Uh, people I I knew in oh, real okay. life. Okay, well maybe it's just because I didn't hear anything from about it, so I assumed it was just like okay or whatever. Yeah, I think it just didn't. It didn't really make a splash. Like most, yeah. plat- like most platinum games, seem to either just just not do so well. Even though they, like a lot of them, mm-hmm. like most of them are considered to be very good. But yeah, like pe- like I never played it, but people loved Vanquish. Oh yeah, and... that was them too. I completely forgot. Isn't the new Star Fox them too? No, that's just Namco. I think. Oh okay. Yeah, man, or or is it? No, or if I thought if, they had some part it, in that. I don't. Think I don't think the main. I mean, that Star Fox game doesn't sound like it's gonna be that great. I can't. We'll I, I couldn't remember. Are you still excited for it? I can't remember. Yeah, okay. no, I'm. 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 De- I'm really excited for it. It's just again trying to find time to play it. Long time it... Nintendo apologist Dan Reichert even was not like happy with it so oh did he play it already yeah he's 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 reviewing it i think for the oh man so he was he's like he's, so it's in people's hands now and it's looking like it's not he was he, he was like i can't talk about it but i can say that i thought Star Fox was good but maybe i was wrong maybe, maybe Star Fox was never was never that good hmm. but hey That's hey man make, make up your own mind uh it sounds like it's more Star Fox 64 so if you haven't played that in a while and want to go through that again it sounds like it might be kind of that all right, um, I'm down for that. What was I going to look up? Platinum, Star Fox. Yeah, Star Fox Zero. Zero. I keep forgetting the subtitle Zero. It's a cool name. I feel like it's just very cliche. It's a cool name. Now I, I think that, uh, yeah, Platinum Games. Yeah, you're right. It was them. Hmm. So interesting. Uh, yeah, Platinum's are doing a lot of stuff, so. That's good, but also, again, I feel like you, you, you risk, again, doing, like, like it's happened on a few games, like the Korra game, and again, maybe now this Star Fox game, where it's like, maybe spreading yourself a little bit thin, 
and then you're kind of releasing like a 50-50 split of like is this going to be you know is this like for example like from software they pretty much only make dark souls and bloodborne now but did, it's like did, did they ever make other stuff I think they made a few other I think there was a couple other games before there's that There's a few games before like there was like an Xbox era game that they made Right. It was also pretty hard. Koge or something? Hmm. Kage? It's like a ninja game, I think. I can't remember. Don't don't look it up, but trust me. <laughs> I believe you. Yeah. Um so I guess that's all the games, unless you got something else to add. No, that's all the games. That's all the games and no more games. Uh so that brings us to the news. The news. Uh, short news week this week because uh, Ethan was sick and he usually looks up news and I was uh, not able to look up a lot of news before we started. Just being honest, but I you know it makes what? A sense. While we makes sense. while we were talking, I found a uh, a potential uh, one one episode trailer one video trailer trash. If you would want to indulge me, because I feel like you would actually appreciate the game. Okay, um, but I'll I'll say it. When we're, oh, uh, we'll, we'll pause for a second to, to do that if we do that. So uh, I'll reveal it later. Um, in the meantime, Ooh. the news. Uh, Ken Levine to write and direct pilot of new interactive Twilight Zone. Well. I think, I think that's – well, I saw Twilight Zone and I was like, that seems like it's right up his alley. But I'm not exactly sure what – Interactive Twilight Zone right. entails. It doesn't sound like it's a game if you're just calling it Interactive Twilight Zone. It doesn't sound like specifically like mm-hmm. a, a game. I don't know. It's a really That's odd... the thing is like when you actually think about like a lot of these narrative games that Telltale has been putting out and like obviously Life is Strange and stuff like that they are kind of just interactive stories like, where do you draw that line at game? Yeah, because the the article this is on it's on Giant Bomb, but this, this article makes it appear like it's just more of like a TV show where there will be kind of ch- choices and what thing you what thing you view next, almost like an FMV game. Hmm. I I don't know. I mean, it doesn't. Uh, there's not much clear. Of course, it's probably just this is just an announcement, so it's not exactly, uh, you know gonna break down everything that's gonna be in it but mm-hmm. twilight yeah. zone that's a weird one to to bring back in that format at least and, it's a yeah. very household name that's the thing is like i feel like it's almost it almost feels like they weren't brave enough to just make a new idea based on like in it inspired by the twilight zone yeah they feel like they need to tack on the Twilight Zone name on top of it, or 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 like the or like the inverse of just like some they wanted to make it. Someone was like, "We need. I want to make a new Twilight Zone TV show," and the executive was like, "Nah, man, it's not gonna sell." And he's like, "Okay, what if we did like a small web thing and it was just like interactive because the new because new media and then the executive was like, "New media, I hear that's hot." Put it on you. Put it on the YouTube. Are you saying millennials will like it? Yes. Yeah, millennials will love it. How how will they engage with our brand? Yes, please be sure to hashtag the Twilight Zone. hashtag Bring back TW. hashtag <laughs> hashtag Rod Sterling. Yes. hashtag Tower Terror. <laughs> hashtag uh, hashtag the Twilight Zone. 
I'm I mean I'm willing to obviously there's no harm in giving it a yeah, shot. No, but I really not. I really, really like the Twilight Zone. Uh, the Twilight Zone is amazing. I my dad used to watch that, uh, like when it came out of reruns and stuff like that, like he would record episodes and we would watch together and it always creeped me out, like as a as a little kid. Yeah, but no, I as a kid, it, it, it really freaked me out. Yeah, as a kid. yeah. I remember, like, my favorite episode is still like the the first episode that ever that, that they ever aired. I think was um, the one where the guy is like completely alone. Um, oh yes, like, like, the... like he like wakes up and like there's just like he's like in this town and there's just, like mm-hmm. no one there and yep. it you know obviously it goes from there because it's Twilight Zone. You got to figure out what's going on, but it's I just oh I just there's a lot of other like more like. Like kind of cheesy supernatural stuff in a lot of mm-hmm. Twilight Zone because it's kind of that's kind of the fun of it as well. But that mm-hmm. one's just really powerful in in just how how weird it is and yeah. Or there will be like one of my favorite ones is there's the episode where there's um a woman who is living in se- seemingly some kind of society where she's not accepted and so she has to go through this facial surgery. Mm-hmm. And so, like, her entire face is covered in bandages the whole episode, and she's talking about all her fears and all her, like, insecurities and all this stuff, and you just see that her, um, you just see, like, her nurses in shadow, mm. and then, and then, um, they finally take off the bandages, and they're like, we need to see if the experiment worked, like, if not, you're gonna have to go live on the colony or whatever like that. And so they take off the bandages and she's just a regular looking like woman, but they show her like a mirror and she screams and she's like uh, really, really upset. And then you see like all the people that have been working on her are like these weird pig faced like looking Uh. people and like they're like "Uh, the surgery like didn't take Miss Johnson or whatever. I'm sorry. You're going to have to go like live on the live on the uh, the colony or whatever. And then. Wow, and, and so she, but they like they they like introduce her to like her her partner and is some other handsome dude or whatever, and then it's like a idea is the beauty's the eye of the beholder or whatever right. in the Twilight Zone. Bum, 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 bum. But um, yeah, that show's awesome. That show is pretty Ho- great. Hopefully, this will be okay. At least. <laughs> we can only hope. We can only hope. What else is in the news? Um, so, uh, the other news article I have, uh, speaking of famous CEOs or, you know, presidents of, uh, gaming companies, the former Rockstar North president, uh, Leslie Benzies, I hope I'm pronouncing that, uh, sues for unpaid royalties and then Rockstar has to countersuit him. Um, which is, we, he, uh, he announced that he was leaving like a while ago, I feel like we, we talked about this. Well, that Briefly, was, you, like, like, he he was on that, like, sabbatical, right? Yeah, he, he definitely like, announced a... that he was leaving, though. I definitely remember that. And then he officially left. Yeah. yeah. Just the more I hear about, like, Rockstar's kind of inner workings, the more I'm just like, what is going on yeah. like, with that that studio? And I'm not sure if I mentioned, but I, I walked right by Rockstar North's um, campus uh, in Scotland. Oh, that's interesting. They're, they're, right, they're right there in Edinburgh, in the center of the city. Uh, and I, we were like walking back to my my cousin's apartment, and I we totally like walked right by it. And, and he's they had like, the and big R star and, on the building. Yeah, or? he's like, "You like game, video game stuff? Look, check over there." And I'm like, "Oh, dude, that's <laughs> rock star." Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I mean, I didn't like you know go in or anything like that. But it was cool. <laughs> hey guys, what, hey, are you working what, on? <laughs> what, you, what you doing? Heard about that president? 
He got he, he apparently he's suing you guys. What's, <laughs> what's up with that? Well, actually, this is to go off on a slight tangent. Uh, this is related. Rockstar, did you hear about the whole um, Red Dead Redemption Two map leaking? What? Yep, the map for. Red Dead Redemption 2 oh. leaked online and then was later confirmed to indeed be the map for Red Dead Redemption 2. So we're getting Man, another one of those. Finally, that's taking forever for them to capitalize on that, like cult, the, the cult following of that game. Rockstar just does what they want. Yeah, it's true. But I feel like they've made, they made, they just make, they just came out with Grand Theft Auto. They made, um, they did that bully remastered thing. So that's cool. I liked, I liked Red Dead Redemption quite a lot. Yeah, I liked I'm, it a lot too. Not as much as a lot of other people, but it was the only. I liked it, a lot. it was the only Rockstar game that I really got into. Like I played the Grand Theft Autos and stuff, and I don't hate them, but I just I, I never really uh, got into them. And so mm-hmm. yeah, it's that I'm that's that's cool news. I'm excited to hear that. Yeah, but, but not cool news. People suing each other. Yeah, yeah. So I think that like uh, he like basically said he didn't get paid for certain royalties that he should have got before leaving or, or, you know, something along those lines. And then, um, uh, they are uh, apparently suing back because they're saying he is not only is he not owned, no owing stuff, but he breached contract in the first place, which is why he's not owed anything. And he's trying to get like back at them cause he left, which is odd. Cause like uh, when he left, which is a, you know, a few months ago, like I said, then it seemed to be, it seemed to be a pretty chill, I mean, at the time, it didn't seem like there was any bad blood or any, like, it didn't seem like he got fired or anything like that. It just something he's like, oh, I'm done. I've been here in 20 years. I'm, yeah. I'm moving on. But but now it's all. Yeah, it seems that that is not the case. It's all going all crazy all of a sudden. So uh, who, who knows what the story is there, but we'll see, I guess, how that plays out uh, yep. in the future. Um, As so often here, this story is a work in progress. Stay tuned to the Pixel Legends, the number one spot for all the gaming news one week after the fact. Yes, <laughs> and then That's us. and then the big, the big, the big, the big one, the one that I kind of buried the lead on, uh, which is like just happened just a few minutes ago before we started recording this, is that there are sources now that an upgraded PlayStation Four is totally confirmed. It's codenamed Neo. It's got an upgraded CPU, Whoa. upgraded GPU, upgraded RAM. It's full on PlayStation Four too. Yup, and I am pissed. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean I'm not that angry, but it's like, <sighs> yeah. Like, is this what we're like? I guess, like, this can't be the next step for console gaming, right? To just come out with these new iterations every. So I feel like, like I heard a couple of years. I feel like because uh, what's his name, um, Phil Spencer from Microsoft, kind of clarified a lot of their stances because they were like kind of hinting that maybe we'll be doing something similar. They kind of talked about it, and they were like, then they they were like, no, we're not going to make a modular Xbox. We're not going to like make one that you have to build. We're not going to make one that has like a bunch of drivers. You need to like they're not going to do any of that stuff. So I feel like this must be the direction they're going in, and I think what they're basically saying is their intention is that backwards compatibility will always be a thing. Is kind of the idea behind it. Okay. So, like, I mean, I don't know if this one will be called PlayStation 4.5 or, or, you know, or whatever, but, like, the idea is that the old games will always work because they're working on an X and A, um, like, base. Now, they're basically the two consoles are basically just mini PCs. Like, they're not going to change their, their, like, their, the, the, their, their 
basic standard is not going to change for a while. Uh-huh. So the idea is that theoretically they can just keep upgrading stuff on the inside and it should all play the same games because it's just, you know, it's going to be a more powerful version. So yeah. even, even if even, like even if they call this let's just pretend they call this PlayStation 5, right? And it wasn't mm-hmm. PlayStation at 4 and a half. The idea is that it would still be able to play PlayStation 4 games and it, this is a brand new console. Let's just pretend it's like let's just pretend it's 3 extra years here and we're saying it's a brand new console right now. And the idea is that yeah, it still plays all the old games because that's kind of just how things can run now. I don't know. I'm just, yeah. I, this is just kind of repeating what I've heard, but yeah, I mean, and I, I, it's that's just me like thinking about here in the next couple years, probably buying like two systems over again that I already bought. Like, the, I'm gonna get a new 3ds here coming up pretty soon because Monster Hunter's coming and this thing, and I need an upgrade. Yeah, and but I'm looking and PlayStation Four. Point two or whatever they're calling it, 4.1, 4.5, Quattro, whatever they're calling it. Like, I, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm looking at the spec, like these rumored specs that have been leaked right here, and uh, they're just upgraded versions of the stuff that's already in a PlayStation 4. Mm-hmm. It's not like a brand new, you know what I mean? It's not like it's a brand new, complete machine. Like, it's still got the same amount of RAM and the same amount of CPU cores. It's just yeah. got higher clock speeds, and you know yeah. the, the graphics card definitely looks like it's more powerful. But, you... but I'm I'm still like skeptical in terms of a console, a console publishing kind of um, like landscape. If publishers and developers will know how to scale games correctly, so that we aren't getting games that are optimized for this new model and run like complete trash on the old one. Right. You know? Yeah. It seems like the way that these consoles launch, I mean, there's already games on them that are just choppy and buggy as, as all get out. Like, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? In terms of their ability to run well. And I think maybe that's what they're trying to do. This upgrade, these upgrades for in the first place is to just kind of reach a better baseline rather than necessarily pulling an arm and a leg away from mm-hmm. the existing console. I, I'm, thinking they're trying to get like a better like yeah better performance on the existing stuff that's already there you know what i mean that would make sense but i mean i can i can completely agree and understand with anyone who is frustrated that like i just bought a you know i just bought a ps4 and now they're upgrading again or they're like coming out with a new one already Mm -hmm. like i completely understand that like if i didn't if i had just bought one recently i would be really pissed off and now this is coming out i might totally get one um mm-hmm. this seems like a good time to grab one but yeah uh yeah i could i could definitely understand that frustration for sure yeah i mean and i'm not saying that i didn't um like when they introduced the internal hard drive like new the the new model of the xbox 360 that i didn't upgrade when they did that but at the same time i at least had my base xbox 360 for yeah. a while and, and that was a little bit different too because that was just like like you know, it was definitely like you know a better model. It had HDMI and all that other stuff. But it's supposed to be quieter. Yes, yeah, the fan was not as loud. Um, but I mean, but like it was still the same console. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like basically. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. Don't know. Very mixed feelings. Also, I think this. I I uh, Alex Navarro was on Twitter saying he was gonna name all his 
technological prototypes after things in the Matrix. Oh no, uh, is that what things it's actually, in the Matrix it... Revolutions? I don't know if that's why it's actually called Neo, mm-hmm. but the Sony Trinity, the Sony. Crap, I can't think of an obscure one because I'm like I could say Morpheus, but that's not really obscure. Sony, fuck that kid who bent the spoon with his mind. Yeah, that's the entire. That's the entire entire name of the console. Yeah, yep. There is no spoon. Yeah, well, that's an interesting. I mean, I will we'll have to see more once they. Have, I bet. I bet. I mean, this one. I bet E three as well. They'll be announcing, announcing, announcing that. They'll stuff. be announcing it. Announcing it. Yeah, that's E three. Uh, I guess it's still a little while away, but it's it's, it's getting it's closer. Up. Yeah, it's coming up here. Hmm. I I would. Uh, I'm interested to see what everybody's bringing to the table with. E3, because obviously Nintendo, there's all those rumors swirling about the NX. Yeah. Uh, They clearly want you to get a new 3DS. (laughs) I'm hearing things like certain um, virtual console games will only play on new 3DS. Right, yeah, I mean... That's the thing. Do you really want to buy a new 3DS when there might be a new... I mean, when this NX thing, I mean, we don't know, but it it might be a handheld. It might be a weird combo. I don't know. No clue. Uh, and then obviously Sony's got this thing coming out. They got to do what up. They got to do an update on the Last Guardian. Is it dead? Is it not dead? <laughs> <laughs> Ricardo might really be right in the end. Xbox is doing a thing. Yeah. I don't actually know what they're doing. Well, I think they're doing something similar. I mean, if Phil Spencer is like out there, kind of getting in front of it, then I imagine. I imagine he is. I imagine he's kind of like setting the stage for a potential mm-hmm. Xbox 1.5. <laughs> Xbox one and a half. One and a half, <laughs> one and a half it's, Xbox. It's, 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 it's one and a half, but like spelled out. Because, so, you know, like Xbox One is yes. spelled out. So it's Xbox One, one and, I and a half. Um, I know it's a bit early, like I said, but what would be your pie in the sky thing to see at e3 this year gosh it's kind of hard i know right? I, like, like i almost have hard no... at this point right? i feel like the I, I feel like the way games have been like that like get announced and get hyped is so changed for me because i keep getting like so pleasantly supply surprised by all these like smaller games that have just mm-hmm. like that are like that really like blow me away like 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 I mean like End of the Gungeon and Hyperlight Drifter, they're not necessarily like the most mind blowing games in the world, but they're just like these really fun like small experiences that I'm finding a lot of joy in. Um, yeah. Stuff like Stardew Valley that I wasn't like hearing about at E3. I never heard about that before I came out. And again, in um, as as kind of I think we all reach a, like more of an adulthood, the idea of like these huge games that have so much content like padded out just to pad out the experience or whatever. Yeah. They're just not as appealing anymore. They really they really aren't. Yeah, I that that amount of work that I have to do to to play that kind of game is more than I have time for these days unfortunately. Yeah. Um but I don't know. I mean I would I would say my like I guess my like pie in the sky like 
idea of what would be cool would be like Nintendo offering a a really good solution for what the NX actually is like something that like because everything that's this whole idea of this mobile and console thing mm-hmm. if, I, I none of that sounds appealing to me and like and maybe it's cool um, but and 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 more of my concern than that stuff is really just like will Nintendo finally get internet figured out will Nintendo finally get how graphics work figured out like all of their mm-hmm. games look amazing but their consoles are underpowered yeah just I mean like I'm not a graphics guy at all but um, th- their consoles just, like there's, there's a reason that they just don't get third party support is because they don't mm-hmm. build consoles that are like the other two consoles are almost the same in terms of the way they work like Nintendo's is like this weird older tech like weird like proprietary system that's just kind of like not easy to to develop for mm-hmm. so i wonder if they're ever going to even try to get back into that kind of main market again or if they're just kind of giving up and doing their own thing completely yeah um and then i guess like as far as like microsoft and xbox and 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 sony and playstation go like if they do announce some sort of like um upgraded version of their consoles that it would be like a reasonably priced uh, machine, mm-hmm. and that it would have uh, some sort of incentive to get people to get it, like, because obviously they're going to be getting a lot of blowback for like, you know, like pulling a fast one on all their customers, basically. I, I wonder if they'll get some sort of like trade-in program or trade-in or some kind of like easy like easy transfer program too because you gotta think everybody's thinking about all the stuff that they have on Mm -hmm. their current console and how it's getting to the next one yeah so who knows it's a weird it's a weird world we live in right now indeed there's no like there's no like big games that i'm like oh yeah i really wanted to announce this i i can't think of anything to be honest like yeah can you you think of anything I, i i can't really say I can't really say that I can, honestly. I mean, yeah, what, what, yeah. It's I don't know. Like, I think I'm just most interested to see the progression of weird stuff like that Dreams game, and like, um, I don't know. Like, I want to see if they actually do Hello, come Ricardo. Can out you hear me? this E3 with. Oh, what's going on here? Can you hear me? Oh, we've lost each other. Are Our you Skype call has gone down. We're gonna reconnect. Oh well, of I guess I lost Matt on the call. Fine. This is the point in which I lost Matt on the call. Hello. There you are. I, I'm back. I kept recording. Yeah, I kept recording as well. All right, cool. I was like, I was like, what is that noise? Yeah, no, it's my, uh, it, it's like this hotel Wi-Fi like wants me to re-authenticate every single freaking like, couple hours and it just. It kicked, just decided to it do just, that. It just decided to do that and kick me off in the middle of the, the conversation. All right. But yeah, I, I would like to see the progression of sort, certain weird ideas like. Like the dream, like the dreams game. Mm. Like I'd like to see what other people can do with games. That's not just like this is the next shooter or this is the next right. fighting game or this is the next whatever. Like I just want to see something like 
weird that gives me the same kind of feeling that when I watched that live dreams thing. Yeah, I mean, I, and and that's a really good standout because I think that stuff like that you're just like almost not gonna see like weird yeah. like weird stuff in a triple A setting. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I feel exactly. like. There's so much money that gets poured into games these days that pouring, you know, millions and hundreds of millions of dollars into things that could come out as a complete bomb is like no one wants to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. You know? Like I I'm like that's why I just get so much there's so much more cool ideas coming out of these like smaller indie games. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But I mean like I don't know, like everything I feel like I can think of that's like been announced or is like demanded of by the people is like a sequel. And yeah. I kind of don't want a sequel. I kind of want something brand new. I want something I've never seen before, but that I look at and go, whoa, that game looks cool. Like mm-hmm. that Pirates game, that like that rare game, um, Sea of Thieves. That does look cool. I mean, I don't know if it was actually be good or not, but it got me excited. Yeah. Um, there was that other game, that Sphere game with, like, the robot dog that, like, then she, like, made it into a robot gorilla or, you know, like the, like the, remember that? Like, it's like uh, a post-apocalyptic looking game. I don't remember that. I one. think that was at Microsoft's press conference. I think that's it, not Horizon oh, Zero Dawn. Or it's whatever. not, but Horizon Zero Dawn looked kind of cool. Although it sounds like it's a little bit too Monster Huntery in actuality yeah. for me. Yeah, you might Let's like that. Go. Uh, it, it, I, I, that game looked cool. I, if it's if it's like Monster Hunter Light, I feel like I'd be into it because like I don't mm-hmm. have anything against the idea. Uh, Monster Hunter, like taking hunting down big monsters and and taking them down, like that stuff's all cool. It's just the amount of like grindiness and repetitiveness in Monster Hunter that kind of turns uh, me turns me away. From it's it. not so tough. I teach you. <laughs> I teach you. Uh, so yeah, I don't know, like something like that, like kind of just like like something that kind of yeah either merges genres together or makes a new genre is interesting mm-hmm. to me. Like something like like Horizon Zero Dawn, if it is truly making a like a Monster Hunter game that's not just a straight Western version of Monster Hunter, but is just taking some of those elements and turning that into a like a Western RPG or something like that. I mean, that sounds cool to me. Um, or you know, more MOBAs, more mo- more I MOBAs. Can, I can definitely see. Well, like the thing is, is like I really want you, more you, MOBAs. You see more. You see MOBAs now actually being built for like console, like that game. Um, what is it? Smite. It's no, well, Smite Smite is is essentially the game on PC, just slightly adjusted for consoles. But I mean, like, uh, what is that one game? Uh, it's I I want to say it's Epic. That's doing oh yeah, it. they just came out with it. Um, Par um Par- Paragon Paragon yeah yeah like that's a console that's a straight up like console MOBA and that's like hardcore MOBA too. That sounds yeah. weird. It's like full on. Like and then there's then there's Battleborn coming out and around now. There's like this which... weird mix of a MOBA and a not MOBA. Yeah, I it's... actually that game's flown a little bit under my radar, and I kind of uh, want to check it out. All the things I've heard about it have been very middling. Have been very oh, kind really? of like again, these are all preview things, not mm-hmm. not you know not full reviews of the final product, but just kind of no one seems to be walking away impressed with it. But it, it does seem to be like this blend, like a MOBA with. Like not um, like with like a team shooter as well, so mm-hmm. it's not quite like the Paragon game. From what I hear, is just a mob like it's a moba with shooting. It's a full on, you know, buying so items. So like Battleborn is more like it has like Monday Night Combat. Yeah, sort of thing? I think so. I think it's kind of going like like but like w- but like a little bit more into the sh- into the Team Fortress Two side. Like mm. it, it has a moba mode. 
and it also has like a survival mode, like a you know, like a wave based survival mode. Okay. And it has like a deathmatch mode, I think. So it has, I think it has like multiple like ways of playing it, and then one of them is like MOBA esque, like like Monday Night Combat esque, I would guess. And I I I loved the original Monday Night Combat. I loved Monday Night Combat too. I mean, I really liked the uh, the original wasn't bad or anything like that, but I we, me and Ethan got really good at Monday Night Combat too. Or no, it was um, kinda just, super, uh, super 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 Monday Night Combat. Oh, Super Monday Night mm-hmm. Combat. Yeah, uh, and then I feel like that, but I feel like that game just kind of faded away. Yeah, I mean MOBAs. Yep. If it's, it's not a sad story, if it, it's not. It's not League if, or Dota, or something that Blizzard made. Yeah, and nobody cares about it. Yep. It's hard to. I mean, like I feel like we're reaching the tail end of everyone trying to make their own MOBA. MOBA. Yeah. yeah, probably probably for the best. Yeah. Although again, I I would like to see that genre kind of infiltrate the console yeah. sphere a little bit more. I, I I honestly think there's really good ideas there in the MOBA genre. I think that the two things that have been weird sticking points for me about there's like there's two sides to it. There's like this side that like is so dedicated to keeping it the way it is already. Mm-hmm. So whenever they make a game around that concept it seems to be like very heavily still pulling in all the MOBA elements to like make it a yeah. real to make it a real MOBA um but then there seems to be like games that just kind of like throw it on top of what they've already got which is the other side of the equation which is I guess maybe what Battleborn's doing I don't know but um yeah that kind of like just kind of like well it's MOBAs are hot right now millennials love them Guardians of Middle Earth almost did it right they almost did it right. I can never forgive that game. That game, I, let's not get into it. <laughs> no, that, that game, that game was that game was a, a decent game, but Professor Tolkien was spinning in his grave. <laughs> Gollum fight Gandalf, when spinning like my Sauron. when he's using his little sword swing technique. Anyway, um, we are going to do. One more trailer trash. Yes. Uh, we we forgot about a little game that's going to be out by the time that you uh, listen to this. I had no idea. Yeah, the Banner Saga Two is uh, coming out uh, April nineteenth. So you'll again, it'll already be out by the time you listen to this. But we just watched a trailer for it, the launch trailer, because both Ricardo and I really enjoyed the first game. Uh, I, yeah, it, I had never finished it, Matt. It's my game. It's my game of the year that year. Um, I believe so. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I mean that the story in that game is, is so good, and and this trailer looks just like more. To be mm-hmm. fair, like it it doesn't like it. It's got that same great art style and animation, but it looks like the gameplay is relatively, um, relatively unchanged. I mean, yeah. I mean, who knows? I mean, it's hard to tell from the little clips of it, but it it certainly looks like it's mostly the same. Um, you got the side scrolling Oregon Trail part where your 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 clan is is walking around, and then you got your uh, you know, you, you got your combat in the tactical yeah, square-based kind of grid. Isometric yeah. grid-based combat. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, this definitely, if if you're a fan of the first one, it's going to evoke a lot of that same feeling. References to the story past, as well as shows lots of cool animated clips from what are likely going to be cutscenes in the game. Now that, I... I think they announced... So basically, I, I will give a slight spoiler here, so if you're really sensitive mm-hmm. about the Banner Saga 1, 
but one of the main characters dies at the end of that game. Yes. In the trailer here, they seem to kind of leave off as if there was one, like, real ending. I th- I had thought originally they would... I, I don't know. I thought, to I thought... me, it seems like the clips they showed kind of left it more open as to what your choice was. Hmm. Hmm. And that's, notice that neither of those characters are actually on the cover. No, it's true. I wonder if they're just gonna kind of just kind of relegate both of them <laughs> to avoid having to write two whole. Because that's what I, I mean. They originally announced it with those two characters, you know, mm-hmm. kind of in the forefront, and I was like, "Man, are they gonna like carry over your choice from the last game? Because that's gonna mean a whole like a whole game of of one character completely where another character would be." If they can do that. That'd be really yeah, impressive. Yeah, more power I, to them. I, I hope that's what they do. But I wonder if those not be the main characters, maybe, or I mean, who knows? But they'll be. It'll be Mass Effect Three up in here. Yep. Where it's like, oh shit, we don't know what what she did, so <laughs> we're just gonna put all these characters in really minor parts. Yeah. And like, oh hey Shepard, I'm glad that happy. you saved me in that one time. Do you remember me? Yes, I do. Great. Well, thanks for saving me that one time. Anyway, I'm just going to be standing here in the Citadel now, just standing Shepard, in place. Remember how I had, like, a really deep side story, and my and my personal quest was, like, really cool and, like, fed into the idea that, like, I might be like you one day? Well, I'm going to be in, like, two scenes in Mass Effect 3. Yeah. And then I'm going to be gone. <laughs> Who was that supposed to be? That was uh, Jacob. Who is Jacob? <laughs> Jacob. <laughs> who, who? Who? Jacob. Blandy McBlanderson. He was cool. His side story. His side story was like one of the best ones. Almost as cool as Caden. I like Caden too. Yeah. You, you <laughs> like, you, go, go eat some vanilla ice cream. I saved Caden. Go eat not a big that bowl. Racist bitch. Yeah. I told you the, the first same game. thing. I told you the same thing. I did the exact same thing. I ain't care. Liara's my girl. Yeah, yeah. That, uh, what was it? Uh, Talia? No, not Talia. That's Talia Ghoul. That's what I'm thinking Who? of. Tali? Tali, that's it. Not Talia. Yeah. She was cool, too. She was cool. Anyway, the Banner Saga 2 is out now. <laughs> I will definitely be playing that. You will know by now whether or not they carry over your decision yep. from the first game We're, so um, our whole musings will be pointless but but, but comical hopefully but comical uh, so Ricardo what was your what was the trailer trash winner this week it was the banner saga 2 okay I'm gonna I'm gonna have to agree I'm gonna have to agree that it was the banner yes. saga 2 you have no choice yeah so <laughs> the banner saga 2 wins this trailer trash woo um, yay with that prestigious award handed out uh I think that's it for the podcast this week. We actually did like a full episode, pretty much. Yeah. Look at that. Who, need, who needs Ethan? We've learned that we don't need him anymore. This is the other... This is the real other half. <laughs> I told you we should do a, a podcast that one time. Uh, making, no. making fun of their podcast. No, but I like their podcast. I, no, I like, you know why? Because like, I'm on it. Yeah. Stay tuned for the other half. Where we watch a movie. I like their podcast too, but you know what I don't like is using this podcast is just a vehicle for advertising uh, his podcast. And Would Brandon's. You... Never Brandon's on. He just feels the need to advertise his podcast. It doesn't even exist anymore. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> what podcast? Yeah. You heard me, Brandon. I know you're listening to this. 
This is a podcast for Brandon's podcast. All the episode names from now on. And that's and that's it. That's how it if, works. If you like this podcast, you should go to our Facebook and give us a like because we like when we're liked. We like to be liked. If you, if you also just want more, you go to our Twitter at pixel underscore legends and follow us there also. We would like it's that. It's pretty much the same stuff, but there you can actually like maybe add us and maybe we'll Maybe we'll say something back. I don't know. Yeah, you, you never do. You never. But maybe we will. <laughs> what, a great, our, what a great YouTube, advertisement. You can go to our YouTube account. We do some cool stuff on there. Subscribe there. We'll probably have some stuff coming out within the next couple weeks, hopefully. Once, we'll I, get, once I get back to SoCal again, then I can actually, yeah. you know, we can actually produce more things. Well, when he, if Ethan gets back playing on the Street Fighter. <laughs> yeah, well, that. You heard me. You, I, I was. We were wondering when that was going to actually. Uh, fall off. <laughs> and it was after two episodes. No, he he could get back. He'll get he could get, no, back. get back he on that horse. Motivation. Get back on that horse. This Apparently, his internet was being really, really terrible, so he didn't want didn't want to play online. Yeah, well, I so. think Stardew Valley also kind of destroyed any like dedication to us to this game uh, about cultivation. Yep, actually ended up destroying. It was a it was assault in the earth. Indeed. It can no longer be farmed, reaped or sowed. All right. Well, thank you for that. Thank you for listening. Ricardo, any parting words for the audience? The parting word is... Banana. Have a good night. <laughs> <laughs>